Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. Listening to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right, hello everybody. Welcome to the broadcast. Good to have you with us. Of course, we are live on Sunday nights, and there is so much to get into tonight. You don't want to miss the broadcast. Normally, our second segment, which starts at 30 minutes into the program, that segment, we bring in a special guest. This week, I ask my producer to leave that slot open for me because what I've decided to do is to take an entire segment, probably a good 45 minutes, maybe longer, and talk about the Jeffrey Epstein case. So there will be no guest tonight in our second segment. It will be 100% all Jeffrey Epstein. I was trying to mix Epstein into the first segment. I've done it a few times. It's getting harder and harder. There is so much to talk about tonight, probably some things you've never heard before that I'll be telling you tonight in our second segment. Next week in our guest segment, we're excited that we got confirmation a couple of days ago that uh, investigative, uh, investigative reporter and author Dylan Howard, he's the author of the new book, Epstein, Dead Men Tell No Tales. He will be with us next week in our guest segment. So a lot on Epstein over the next couple of broadcasts for you. Uh, Tonight, uh, our sponsor, and what we've been doing, for those that might be new to the program, and I know we're getting a lot of new listeners every week, what we've been doing is we do no commercials. But that means, how do we pay for this? (laughs) People have all kinds of conspiracy theories as to how this is funded. This is funded by my back pocket, really, is is how it's funded. And uh, we, we do this without commercials because it's a lot more fun to do the show and it's a lot more fun to listen to. So what we do is every week we just do a quick mention, and I'm going to do it right now, of something you can do to help support the show. And tonight's sponsor is Free stocks.us free stocks.us now what is this Uh, this is really neat i know you're not going to believe it but it is true so take a minute and check it out write this down check it out later if you go to free stocks.us you're guaranteed to get one free share of stock now in my case i've gotten 51 shares of free stock so far And there's a way that you can actually, once you get your free share of stock, you can sell it and convert it into Bitcoin, which is what I've done with all 51 of my shares. Now, in one case, I got a share of stock that was worth over $100. Um, You you get a share of stock randomly selected. And then what's cool is once you're set up with your free account, then you can tell other people about your link and every friend – Every Facebook contact, anybody you know, you want to give them your your link, they get a free share of stock, and you get another free share of stock. So this is a way you can help us out. Um, 
that money that I sell, I sell the stock, put it into Bitcoin. A lot of that is what pays for studio equipment. So we had to replace a, uh, we had to replace a monitor about two weeks ago. I just had to order something here for my microphone, which was a hundred bucks, which just came in. So just keeping this going costs money. So help us out, support us, get a free share of stock, and then get set up to get many, many, many more free shares of stock by going to freestocks.us. Okay, so our first segment tonight will be just like normal. We'll do the news, talk about everything that's happening right now, what's happened this last week, what's going to be happening this next week. But then again, at the bottom of the hour, we'll refire the open. We will do a Jeffrey Epstein special. And I have no idea how long that's going to go. Um, I've reserved a total of two hours tonight for my stream. So altogether, I've got to keep it under two hours, but I might run it all the way up to the edge of that. Okay, so the big news this week is, if you haven't been following the specifics of this, and the truth is, a lot of people haven't, because, you know, impeachment is not a ratings uh, getter. <laughs> uh, it's uh, those, you know, CNN, the different news uh, channels are just doing horribly carrying these committee hearings, uh, the, the whole topic of impeachment is just not interesting to people on either side of the aisle. It's just not. That's just clearly what the ratings are telling us. So if you haven't been paying attention, the impeachment vote to impeach Donald Trump, President of the United States, will take place on Wednesday. However, there is sort of a little bit of a mystery in the air, which is do the Democrats, do they have the votes to impeach the president? And they may not have the votes, which would be really embarrassing. I think they can afford to lose, I had read something like 18 or 19 defectors. They can lose 18 or 19, and they still have enough to pull it across the finish line. Of course, they're not going to get any Republican votes, but they can lose something like 18 of their own and still have enough votes. But the idea behind this from the very beginning was that it was to be bipartisan. And so if you're getting no Republican votes and you're actually going to lose some of your own Democrat votes, how can you claim that it's across the aisle and it's nonpartisan? But the truth is just in actual implementation of this whole process, they may not have the actual votes to impeach Trump. And it's interesting because I have talked to people the last couple of weeks and a lot of liberals think that impeaching the president means he's removed from office. So, <laughs> which is totally false. Impeachment is just the first step. He then has to be convicted in the, sen in the, the Senate, which takes, uh, I believe it's a two-thirds vote there, which is impossible to get. So, so there's nothing that's going to happen. Even if they impeach the president, it will be of no consequence. Nothing will change. And all of the money that has been spent, all of the time that has been spent, when they could have been working on the business of the country... Uh, it's it's just silliness, but I think it would be beyond hilarious and the ultimate uh, pushback for Trump if the Dems can't actually muster enough votes to impeach him on Wednesday. So the vote is supposed to take place on Wednesday. We will see what will happen. There is apparently thirty different um, thirty different Democratic uh, Repo Democratic uh, Congress uh, congressmen congresswomen. Uh, different uh, districts where Trump won. And so what they're doing is uh, there are a lot of ads now starting to run, letting all the voters know in those districts 
that your representative is going to vote to impeach the president. Uh, call in, complain, let your voice be known. Many of these are the people that we're talking about here that are up in the air about whether or not they're going to stick with the Democratic Party and vote for the impeachment and possibly not get reelected next year, which is highly likely to happen. Because if you're in a zone where Trump won and your district uh, is is Trump, but they happen to vote you in as a Democrat to Congress, which happens, um, are you willing to give up your seat just to stick with your party? I think that's where we're going to see a lot of defections. So look for that. That is coming on Wednesday. Uh, all right. I put this video up on all of my social media today. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but it is really hilarious. It is an Adam Schiff town hall. And I believe this is taking place in his home district, which is in Southern California. And he's doing a town hall. It looks like it's maybe in a, in a library or a public auditorium of some sort. And there is uh, a few, maybe about a dozen, maybe 15 Trump supporters there who start yelling out, uh, calling him a liar, uh, challenging what he's saying. And you just have to see it. Uh, it, it erupts into chaos. It's like a brawl. And uh, people are screaming, shut up at the, uh, the Trump people. And the Trump people are yelling louder. They unfurl banners that say Trump 2020. <laughs> it's just a funny video to watch. It really is. The, the first part of it, though, that I found interesting is when the Trump supporters uh, started to speak up saying, uh, you're a liar. The president hasn't uh, violated any laws, whatever it was they said. Uh, just the uh, reaction, the the reaction, the vile from the other people there. It was shut your mouth, like you're you can't speak up. You, we're all you know banding together here as liberals. You have to see it to understand what I'm saying. Uh, it's like freedom of speech. If you're a liberal, you know if you're a liberal, you can disrupt and do all these things. But a conservative can't do that. That's not allowed. Uh, so you got to see the video. It is really interesting uh, to see uh, what happened in that. So I threw that up on social media today. People are uh, taking a look at that. Getting It's getting thousands of views. Uh, it's really gone viral. Okay, so I want to start tonight by talking about this Greta Thunberg, who is um, from, I believe she's from Sweden. Uh, she's this young lady. She's 16 years old, and she's sort of become the face of the the uh, climate change protesters, uh, the activists, if you will. Um, and I want to start by saying we don't have to be personal about this. We don't have to. I mean, she seems like a, a well-meaning young person. She's 16 years old. Um, you know, she's pr accomplished a lot more than I did when I was 16. Uh, she's, you know, traveled the world. She's obviously believes in her cause, all of that. So we don't have to get personal uh, about this and get ugly about it. We can just simply talk about the issue. But this uh, Greta Thunberg was named as Times Person of the Year, which just goes to show you, you know, where the media is. Uh, so many people were outraged because they thought it clearly should have been the Hong Kong protesters should have been the person of the year. That would have been really the right choice to make. But uh, Time Magazine chose not to do that. And they went with this Greta Thunberg, this 16-year-old. Uh, uh, you've heard the, the clips, how dare you? Th that's her. That's who we're talking about. 
um, it's it's much. And the reason I think largely that they have grabbed on to Greta Thunberg, who's who's 16 years old, because and you hear them repeatedly do this. They're using a really like a human shield. They're they're saying, well, she's a child, so you can't be really critical of her because she's just a child. So they hold her up, and they let her say whatever she wants to say. And then if you disagree with it or criticize what she said, then you are taking issue being mean to a child. So it's really no different than using a human shield. That's what they're, they're using her as because she's underage and she's articulate, believes in her cause. So they're going to hold her out because we can't then disagree with her or we're mean to children. That's really the narrative. Now, it is interesting as a Christian, as a conservative, I will not let people put me in a box and say, because I'm a conservative, that I hate the environment. Uh, and this is, this is a tactic that is, is used frequently, that you basically have two positions. You have those people that love the environment, that is the liberals, and those people that hate the environment, conservatives. I love the environment. In fact, I spend a lot of time outside. I spend a great deal of my life outside. I live five minutes from the beach. I live near the Intracoastal Waterway. Um, we've got some beautiful uh, state and federal parks here, and I get out a lot. Um, I ran a 5K last night. I have a bicycle. I have a motorcycle. I have a stand-up paddleboard. I get outside a lot. I love the outdoors. So the idea that it's conservatives versus liberals in that somehow uh, it's mutually exclusive that you can be uh, that you can't uh, be a conservative and want reasonable policy for the environment uh, and still love the environment that this is kind of the uh, the set of options that they put in front of you this false choice if you will so I had someone had who had posted on my uh, Facebook. This is not. This has happened frequently in the last maybe uh, couple of months as the issue of the environment has come up. Is you know something like, well, aren't Christians supposed to obey the Bible? And doesn't the Bible say that we're supposed to take care of nature and the environment? I don't think the Bible actually explicitly says that. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I need to read the Bible again to look for that. Obviously, God created all of that, so I think it's implied that as a gift from God is nature, and we are to take care of it. But one of the things that I always ask liberals who are in this camp, uh, let's start with God's creation, the unborn baby. And and that's what I'll, I'll start with. So I posted that uh, this week. Does that include unborn babies? And then you hear crickets. So it's protect all of God's creation except the newborn baby. We, we don't really need to protect that part of God's creation, only the rest of God's creation. And we get into this insane narrative. And this is, this is where it has to be made clear. If you're discussing environmental issues, if you're discussing Greta Thunberg and all of this, if you, if you want to go off the deep end into this whole world where we only have 12 years left to live and all of that, that's where Greta Thunberg is. That's where AOC is. Uh, Cortez. That's where this $41 trillion uh, new green deal is. This is where they're talking about crazy things like we'd have to eliminate all air travel. 
you know, that kind of thing. I mean, it's, it's nuts. It's never going to happen. And then you get into these countless environmental debacles like we had under Obama, which was, if you remember, the Solyndra scandal. If you don't remember it, Google it. S-O-L-Y-N-D-R-A, Solyndra, which is just one of many examples where the government basically got ripped off for over a half a billion dollars uh, in loan guarantees for what was supposedly an environmental company that was going to uh, you know, benefit us and we're going to put all this money, this taxpayer money into it, and it never panned out at all. So it, it's not that the cons- conservatives hate the environment. There, there is a middle ground here. And I, I often, the one thing I guess for me that I take the greatest issue with is if the environmentalists were really sincere, why do they all come in on private jets to all of these climate conferences? Why does Al Gore, for example, his one house, he's got many houses, but his one house in, in uh, Tennessee, I guess, has like uh, 16 bedrooms. So why not start with yourself first? If you're going to tell me that I hate the environment and I need to make all these changes, why not start with yourself first? We can start, for example, with San Francisco. I right now today will agree... I will hold hands across the aisle with my liberal friends and say, let's start by getting rid of the crap off the public streets in San Francisco. Let's get rid of the public urination, which is now, by the way, legal in San Francisco. Let's start with crap-free streets in San Francisco. Then we can build from there. I'll, I'll agree to that right now. So it's the same lib- the same liberals that say protect God's creation, that are all for killing unborn babies, the same liberals that are all in for the environment, that are flying in on the private jets, that are are all for the rights of people to crap and pee on the streets of San Francisco. It makes absolutely no sense. And if you look at the science, although, you know, certainly there has been a, a warming trend, um, it hasn't been proven out uh, to even be a trend. Uh, we have all kinds of flaws in the science, all kinds of cooking of the books to support this idea of global warming. And the argument for global warming has gotten so weak that in recent years they've now changed it from global warming to climate change because they're, uh, they don't want to be laughed at anymore when it's below zero when we're supposed to be in global warming. So now they just have a catch-all term, which is climate change. And so anytime there's a bad blizzard or a, or a, a hurricane or a, or a tornado, they'll say, look, you see that? It's climate change. It's the environment is getting uh, very angry and, and things are getting worse than they've ever been. And, and it's just simply anecdotal evidence that doesn't prove out. And we did a show on this, uh, what, a couple of months ago. You can find it in our archives with a a guy, a brilliant guy, the book is called Slaying the Sky Dragon, where he just lays it out. It's, there's no science to back up that man is causing uh, temperatures to rise, that human beings are causing that. It, there just isn't. Um, what this really is, is, this is really a scam about money and carbon credits. And that's why people are against this, because when you, when you follow the money, like they said in Watergate, and you look at 
Al Gore and his involvement on the money side of all of this. It's not just making money from the movie. It's making money from this whole carbon credits scam. So that's how we have to approach this. Don't take personal shots at Greta Thunberg. Um, she's probably a nice young lady and obviously, you know, really believes in what she's saying. Um, but just look at the bigger picture here and what these people are proposing and, and how little sense it makes. You know, let's start with something small. Let's start with crap and pee free streets in San Francisco. I, I will support that. Uh, and, and so, you know, I, I think that this whole, this whole idea, I think that clearly there is a larger agenda behind this. Um, if you uh, study religion, which I did when I went to seminary, if you study religion, you will learn very quickly that one of the oldest uh, forms of religion uh, outside of, of our Judeo-Christian faith is the idea of worshiping nature. The idea that somehow uh, trees and plants and the ocean are bigger than God. You know, if we, if we understand this in its proper perspective, that we as Christians, obviously we are respecting the environment that God created, the gift that he gave to us, but this whole idea that in 12 years that we're all going to die, that we have to put $41 trillion into this environmental green deal, this new green deal, which will bankrupt the country. It would be like Solyndra on steroids. It's just all nuts. Uh, so that's all I have to say on that. Now, I want to talk about the Bidens. And I might go longer in this first segment uh, than I normally do because there's a lot to talk about in this first segment. But we'll see what happens, and then we'll get into our, our uh, special on... Jeffrey Epstein here, uh, probably maybe a couple of minutes later than we normally would get into our second segment. All right, the Bidens, the scandals are really just exploding. I mean, the whole situation is just completely, the wheels have come off for the Bidens. So here's the latest on Hunter Biden, if you're following this. Get out your scorecard <laughs> so that you can follow this. Okay. Hunter Biden is presently being sued in Arkansas, a paternity lawsuit. He's being sued for child support. It is now confirmed by the court there that he is the father of a child in Arkansas with a woman who was a stripper that he had a sexual relationship with. So while that lawsuit is going on, his wife, I guess he recently got married in the last few months, his wife current wife is about to give birth to his fifth child and if we go back further his uh he was having he was uh involved with this woman in arkansas this stripper while he was dating his deceased brother's widow i mean you can't you can't make this stuff up it, it's just unreal so what's interesting about this though about this arkansas paternity lawsuit is that the the young woman who is the mother of his child, according to the court, they confirmed this through DNA, she now has the right to uh, take a look at his finances for the last three or four years, which covers a period of time that he was involved with Ukraine. So as much as he wants to keep his private you know, finances secret from everyone in the whole uh, Ukraine situation, um, it looks like that information is going to come out. Even though family court is generally closed door and it's kept sealed, 
it doesn't, you know, it, it's not going to be kept sealed in this case. I mean, there's no doubt the information will leak out. Now, on this same issue of the Bidens and Ukraine and all of this, Rudy Giuliani just returned from Ukraine and claims that he learned, quote, more than you can imagine uh, about the Biden-Ukraine deal. So I still think there is a lot to know and a lot to come out about the Biden-Ukraine situation. Even I was watching CNN this week, and uh, one of the commentators uh, on there, uh, what's his name, uh, Jeffrey, he's the attorney. Let me, let me look it up here real quick. Attorney Jeffrey. Jeffrey Tubin. Jeffrey Tubin was on CNN this week, and he even made the comment. He said, well, we as reporters are going to have to <laughs> look at this whole Biden situation now that it's such a big deal. I even saw another publication saying that uh, the Biden-Ukraine deal, this is Biden's, um, you know, email scandal, you know, comparing it to, to Hillary. It is uh, the same as Hillary's email scandal. This is now major baggage for him to carry uh, throughout the election. So if you look at, I, there's a site I'm fascinated with. It's called predictit.org. And you can go there and see what gamblers are betting will happen in the election. And so one of the things that happened this last week was that there was a Harvard-Harris poll that said the number one uh, candidate that the Democrats want to support for president this year is Hillary Clinton. And she's not even running. Now, if you go over to predicted.org and you take a look at it, at what's happening, um, all of a sudden there's a spike in people gambling that Hillary Clinton is going to be the nominee and that she's going to run. And you might laugh at this, but the gambling odds are very accurate in, in many cases. People are actually betting with their money, and it's very interesting to watch this. And I don't know, maybe it's 50-50, maybe it's 75-25. I'll put my neck out on the line here and say, I really feel, I really have a strong feeling that Hillary is going to run. I really do. And this is going to make it very interesting to see what happens um, with this whole Biden-Ukraine situation. An article I read today, which I thought made a great point, I believe it was in um, uh, CNBC, was where this was published, but it was talking about how all of the other candidates are afraid and they haven't done it, to bring up the Ukraine issue with Biden at any of the debates. And uh, some speculation is that the DNC has warned the other candidates to not go there, that the, you, you can't go there or we'll stop supporting you. I don't know. But that is Joe Biden's Achilles heel. And the one question that nobody has asked yet, I hear a lot of people talking about Hunter Biden and Ukraine, and he did that interview, which was a train wreck interview. But there's one question no one has actually asked Hunter Biden yet or Joe Biden, which I would love someone to ask this about Ukraine, which is, okay, so your son was working for this uh, Ukrainian oil and gas company. He was on the board of directors. He was getting fifty to 80000 a month, depending on news reports. Um, and you're okay with that. Every, everybody's okay with that. Nothing to see here. Everybody move along. I would like someone to ask this simple question. What was it that he did for them? What was it that Hunter Biden did to them? What service 
did he provide to them? No one has asked that question. And, and it's what's interesting to me is what service could Hunter Biden provide to them? He has no experience in oil and gas. He has no experience in that part of the world. Um, he's, a, he's a U.S. attorney, but, you know, what, what good does that do? You know, so, I mean, I, I would want to know, okay, so how many hours per month does he work for that money? What exactly is he doing for that money? Because ultimately, here's the, here's the question or here's the problem. If he's getting paid, let's just use the low number, if he's getting paid 50 grand a month and he's doing nothing, now even the, the most skeptical, the most intellectually dishonest liberal, uh, you know, even you know, anybody that would give him the benefit of the doubt that would just assume, well, there's nothing wrong here, would have to start asking questions, right? Because who gives anyone that kind of money for nothing? And with all this personal mess this guy has going on, I mean, he's, he's dating his brother's widow, having an affair with a stripper who's pregnant, and now he's, getting, he's married to somebody else, and she's pregnant, and she's having a child. I can't even keep track of it all. You know, I'd like to think I live an exciting life, but, I mean, this guy, he's got a paternity lawsuit going in Arkansas. Uh, he's had drug arrests. He, all this stuff is going on. He's got his, his uh, deceased brother's wife. He's got this new wife. Um, he's got another child coming. How does he do anything for anyone? I mean, it sounds like all he's doing is traveling the country, uh, getting himself into trouble. So, so what all did he actually do for Ukraine? I'd love for someone to ask that question and to see what the answer is. And we'll close it out with this. Uh, it was very interesting. If you didn't see it, you should be able to find this on YouTube, at least a clip, or find it over at the Fox News Channel website. Uh, Chris Wallace, who has lately been severely criticized by conservatives for a lot of his left-leaning comments and commentary. Uh, he really went after James Comey today in an interview. And uh, Comey, surprisingly, came out and said, I was wrong in reference to the FISA warrants. He said, I was wrong. But then he does his James Comey thing, where he sort of becomes like a Jimmy Stewart kind of character. Like, well, golly gee... Uh, you know, we were sloppy. We were just sloppy. You know, that's kind of, he goes into that sort of Southern boy, we were just sloppy type of, uh, uh, you know, an excuse. And Chris Wallace just went after him. He said, look, sloppy is one thing, but the inspector general said there was 17 errors. And some of these were just out and out misrepresentations to the FISA court. Not once, not twice, but three times. Because that FISA warrant was renewed two more times. And Comey was involved in that. And Comey knew that there wasn't any veracity to the Steele dossier. But yet continued on. And continued on with the renewal of those FISA warrants. So it, it was a great uh, interview. And Chris Wallace really pinned him down. And he uh, gave a, a very small, I will say small, acknowledgement uh, that he was wrong but then sort of walks that back 
<laughs> and says, just like he did in his, you know, you know, various televised testimonies, like, well, on the one hand, but then on the other hand, and then on the third hand, and who knows, and golly gee, and da-da-da, you know, how he is. He is a very hard guy to pin down. Um, you know, you wonder uh, how his wife could ever get the truth out of the guy if he came home late one night and she said, you know, well, look, uh, where have you been? You've got lipstick on your collar. Well, on the one hand, I was at a department store and I was looking to buy some makeup for you and I spilled it on there. But maybe on the other hand, the, the guy, he's a storyteller. And you probably know people like this who they can talk themselves out of anything. And he's just one of those guys where he's got, he almost as he's talking, you can see the wheels turning. Like, what can he come up with? How can he, how can he on the one hand say I was wrong and then go right into minimizing it? Yep. You know what? Um, I did do that. I did do a horrible thing, but you know, it really, you know, it was just carelessness. It was not in deliberate and, and gosh, golly gee, uh, we, we need to do better. That's, that's kind of his, his approach to it. And a lot of people buy into that. It's a very clever tactic because not a lot of people are willing to admit when they make a mistake. So I think it's a great tactic to admit the mistake and then right away go into minimizing it. And clearly he was doing that. That's clearly a tactic that he knows to do. And, and it's, you know, I don't know if he's ever learned it or if that was just how he grew up, <laughs> how he got out of trouble. Yeah, you know, I, I know I wasn't supposed to take the car out, Dad, but I did it. I was wrong. And, uh, you know, I, I know I ran over, uh, you know, several people and caused a million dollars in damage and it was a mistake. And, uh, you know, I was careless. I won't do that again. You know, maybe he lived in a household where you could admit your mistake and then minimize it. And then, uh, you still get the mashed potatoes and slice of pie at dinner. Uh, maybe that's how this guy was raised, but he is, you know, he's really, uh, great at that. And uh, sort of looks like a Jimmy Stewart type of character with his facial expressions. But Chris Wallace uh, wasn't going to stand for it and really did uh, nail him. And so people are wondering what's going to happen, you know, uh, because here's the truth. If the FISA court does not go after any of these individuals that were involved in this, I think the FISA courts go away, which would be a real tragedy because, you know, people in... Uh, you know, people in our government who are trying to protect us uh, from terrorists need the ability to have access to that FISA court. I think it's a good concept, but if it can't be policed and if people can abuse it and have no consequences, I don't see uh, there being support for it politically in the future. So that's that will that will sort of be the uh, the consequence of all this. The the tragedy will be the loss uh, of the FISA court and the FISA warrants um, if people aren't held to account for abusing the process. All right, that is our new segment. We will take a one-minute break, refire the open, and we will come back. And it is all about Jeffrey Epstein. And some of this stuff tonight you will have never heard anywhere else before, including uh, one shocking thing that I'm going to share with you tonight, uh, something that happened four days before Epstein died. And I'm not even going to use the word suicide because, frankly, I'm not convinced. But something happened uh, four days before his death, and I haven't heard anybody connect the dots on these two things. Maybe I'm the first, maybe I'm not. I just haven't heard it, but we'll get into that tonight and a lot more on Jeffrey Epstein. We will be back in one minute. Stand by. <laughs> 